you know, I tell people that it's a good idea to keep a half a tank of fuel, but um, you certainly don't want to let it get below a quarter to an eighth if you can help it because uh, that fuel pump, if you've been driving a long distance, is working pretty hard. And so uh, the more fuel you have in your tank, the cooler that pump's going to stay. And the longer it's going to last over its lifetime. So it's a good policy just to keep that fuel tank full. And if you're on a long trip, you know, you don't need to be driving that far without pulling over and taking a break anyway. Right. right. So, well, I, there was a time when one of the cars I had, and this was before I started dealing with you folks, it was an Opal, as a matter of fact, and the, uh, the fuel gauge did not work. So what I did is I drive 200 miles and fill it up. Drive 200 miles and fill it up. I, I never, yeah. I didn't want to run out, but I didn't know how much there was in there. So, right, right. We've uh, we've seen a few of those cars over the years, and uh, you know it's it's just a good idea to uh, take a break and fill it up with fuel and stretch your legs and get back in the car. It helps you stay awake better too. Yep. I can't. I don't imagine. Uh, and, and after we take our first break, we're gonna, with your permission, talk about uh, the the question of routine servicing of the car and how often it's needed and, and dealing with the sure. the uh, uh, what, what am I trying to say? The book that you keep in your glove compartment, the uh, manual, the owner's manual, and how right. important it is mm-hmm. to sort of go by yeah. it. But I've got a couple of specific problems. In fact, I mentioned these to you off the air. Uh, because I spent some time out of commission, but basically uh, uh, being recuperated and in the hospital, uh, and also because of the coronavirus, uh, our cars were driven in a different pattern than they had historically been driven in. And then as my sure. wife drove uh, her car very few times and only for short trips, and it's been about four months since it's been serviced now. I think it has synthetic oil in it, so it may or may not make a difference. You You can tell us about that. But my other car has hardly been driven at all, and what I imagine is that the battery is a little weaker than, than it might have been otherwise. Uh, do I need to, to attack the servicing of those cars with any special methods? Sure. We, um, I'd recommend that, you know, if uh, I, I know that uh, sometimes uh, people don't like to drive other people's cars, but, you know, if you have a neighbor that, that could take your car that you trust and let them drive it a little bit to keep it charged up maybe once a week or something like that. Or, you know, even I can come by there and pick it up and drive it for you. But um, they really need to be driven because uh, you keep the fluid circulated in the engine and that keeps all the uh, components lubricated in there because when metal sits and it heats up and cools down and heats up and cools down, it tends to... Uh, have condensation, and that's what gets in the crankcase. That when you crank it up and uh, run it, it evaporates that moisture in there, and uh, you just don't want that to settle for too long. So there's so another one, reason, and in addition to the battery running down, that one needs to to drive one's car with some frequency. Right, certainly, because it it just keeps uh, in the differential and. All those areas that keep that lubrication dispersed and helps uh, keep things in top shape by doing that. And okay. The other thing is you don't want uh, your gas to sit in there too long, uh, or it starts to degrade as well. And you know that would be over numerous months, as much as six months. Uh, okay. So that's well, important. 
been about four since it's been driven very much. But okay, there's a, and that was a very serious question because we have not driven them very much because of the, the circumstances vis-a-vis the, the virus and so on. And, and then I was in the hospital for a little while and could not right. drive mine, but I, I need to, to do something about that now. And, and mm-hmm. uh, anytime when you let something sit, you know, I'm, I've become a believer in the years that you have to remember not only how many miles it's been driven, but how long it's been. Uh, because time right. itself wears, wears automobiles down. Yeah. And you know, now the oil uh, is much more capable of going many, many, many miles when you have synthetic oil. But you, the other part you have to look at is uh, you can drive a lot of miles on that oil without having to change it. But in the meantime, the other fluids and uh, things in the vehicle need to be looked at because you could have a slight leak somewhere and not know it because it's not time to change your oil because it's much better oil than there's ever been. And so you're going to say, well, I'm only going to change it 10,000 miles because that's what the manufacturer said. Well, when a car gets older, it needs more attention more frequently. You know, two to three times a year is a good idea to have someone at least check the fluid levels and look it over. Well, let's talk about that again. Let's return to that uh, because sure. uh, in a, uh, I was reading recently a, a, in a commercial that you have, as a matter of fact, uh, for your business uh, that we have on WPTF uh, uh, about the cycle of... Uh, of servicing an automobile and how it would not be... Well, I can remember I used to go to the service station in Goldsboro and it, it, it said ESO on the sign, so you know how long ago that was. Right. And it said happy <laughs> motoring on the wall somewhere. But you, sure. the, 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 the order there was to change the oil every three months or every 3,000 miles as a set piece, and that is no longer the case, I'm sure. So, And let's yeah. talk about the importance of having a full... Uh, uh, servicing and inspection at least once a year, sort of like the the, the physical that you go to for your doctor and so on. Uh, exactly. We'll talk uh, with uh, Dean Bailey of King's Auto to, uh, further tonight after we take a break and address the questions that we were just talking about. Live in real-time radio, and we're talking to the nighttime mechanic, uh, Mr. Dean Bailey, the proprietor of King's Auto Service, and... Uh, do you know, Dean, I, for one of the first times ever since you've been appearing with, with me on the radio, and that's, that's about 20 years, I think, uh, is that I forgot to give your pedigree. And I forgot, <laughs> forgot to say that uh, you are the proprietor of King's Auto Service, which is at 1039 Northwest Street, and uh, you do American cars, Asian cars, well, generally most cars that would be in the market. And uh, you have a quick loop service there, and you have a uh, state inspection station at, at your at your place. We do. We sure do. We were we yeah. were talking about servicing automobiles, and uh, right. And uh, I mentioned that that uh, the question about the different cycles that that automobiles are serviced on, because I, I quoted the example of the old. Esso stations where you did you change the oil every three thousand miles or every three months and it's not like that now you adjust the the uh, servicing cycle to to the needs of the automobile depending on how much it is driven and uh, sure. what kind of oil is being used did I get that right that sounds that sounds yes, right to that's me. correct right you know and it it depends on also 
if you buy the car new or used. And so my suggestion is that if you buy the car used, that you bring it in to whoever does your work and have them do a complete vehicle inspection. And you kind of uh, determine what services have been performed on it prior to when you receive the car. And there's an interesting thing now that a, a lot of shops have, and it's pretty much a nationwide thing, called Carfax. And, you know, people associate that with uh, looking up information on cars uh, before they purchase them. And so when we service a car, it goes into that database, and a lot of that information of uh, the times the car's been serviced and where it's been, and a lot of times you know what state it came from, all, all different kinds of information. But then we can uh, sit down with you and say, hey, these are what we suggest on uh, the service cycles of what we know have been done and what hasn't, and then kind of set up a plan to uh, get it up to date, and then an idea of uh, how often you're going to need to service it uh, based on how much you drive. Um, and that's very important. It can save you a lot of money in the long run by doing that. Well, a couple of things that I could bring up that that I, I think, and a lot of it comes from listening to you and Bobby Dunn and other mechanics over the years. One, if you're going to buy a car, uh, particularly if it's used, you might want to, to retain the services of someone like King's Auto or another garage to do a uh, you know, a full inspection of it because yeah. looking at an automobile with a practiced eye, you might see things that other people don't. And also, uh, one of the things that my vet wants to do with my animal, and, and, and I, I'm glad he does, is to give them a, a what I call a 50,000-mile checkup. Of course, it's a, right. it's a cat. But what he's doing is he's establishing baselines. You know, what's right. seemingly normal for for my cat, and if you do that to an automobile, you start out by knowing what's right and what's wrong with it and and, uh, and can cope with what, what the changes that are being made. Sure, and you can take and prioritize the things that it's going to need uh, to have done to it. Uh, you know, what's the most uh, important thing right now and what can be uh, done at a later date to fit your budget, that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, the... The more familiar you get with your car and build that relationship with the uh, shop that you're uh, dealing with is very important. You know, you always want to talk to someone you feel comfortable asking questions with. And, well, that's one thing, and I, and uh, I don't get paid extra for this. I just take my cars to where you are. But the, the first time I ever visited your shop, uh, I had been going to another place, and I was not happy with the service riders there. Quite frankly, the mechanics did a good job, but... But I walked in, and uh, in in uh, a while, my car had been checked out, and Steve, who was still the, one of your service riders, uh, yeah. said, Mr. Kearney, we've got four things we need to talk about. Three of them, you, you will need to work on fixing them over time. The other one, you can't leave until you fix it. And uh, right. it turned out to be the, the case. And But he, he acquainted me with what, with what needed to be done. And I was able to budget it, and the car survived, as a matter of fact. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's important, because I think everybody wants to feel like they have options. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the thing we all want is for it to be safe where you can take a trip. You don't have to fear 
that you're going to break down somewhere out in the middle of nowhere or somewhere that's not safe or, you know, just feels uncomfortable. So um, trying to head off and uh, do a predictive analysis on that is an important thing. Well, I became a fan uh, about 25 years ago of, of once a year going to whatever garage I was using. It would be King's now, but and, and having a you know kind of a complete look over. Like I said, it's like the physical you have at the doctor's right. office where they do a complete workup and everything. And so, and I know one time Daniel, who's one of your your mechanics, said, "Mr. Kearney, you're gonna need some cars soon. We don't have to have them today, but but it's getting." close, and so I put that in the budget and was able to get the tires that needed to be be uh, acquired. Uh, right. And mm-hmm. uh, recently, I, I had it checked like that, and my steering power steering pump uh, was was leaking. So I was able to get it right before it became a real problem. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's another thing. This time of year, when it uh, starts getting warm outside, the asphalt heats up, and your uh, tires. Uh, that have some age on them, need to be looking at them closely. Um, and one thing you want to be sure of is that you keep the correct amount of air in them. Uh, blowouts come from uh, most often low tire pressure, and what happens is they're so low that the sidewalls flex on those tires, and they just disintegrate because they're heating up. And uh, before you take a trip, you don't have to come see us, but in your door jam, usually the driver's door, there's a sticker in there that gives you the correct air pressure for those tires. And, uh, you know, make sure you got enough air in your tires. Check that spare. When when cars come into our shop, we want to be sure that the spare tire has sufficient air because that's probably one of the most overlooked items on the car. You don't want to find out on the side of the road, or even if AAA comes to switch your tire out because you've uh, had a blowout or a leak in a tire that uh, your spare is flat. So um, that that needs to be looked at too. And and you know one of the the best inventions in my opinion is the uh, tire pressure monitor system TPMS. It's made. As that's the uh, upside-down looking horseshoe that's usually yellow or amber on your dashboard. And, well, I know a lot of people say, well, I'll just go around and check my tires to be sure they're full because maybe a sensor in that tire went bad and, you know, they don't want to spend the money right now to fix it. But if that lights out and the system's working properly and you're out on the road and you get a nail in your tire, uh you're going to know it pretty soon if it causes a leak, and that gives you time to pull over and evaluate the situation. So and not be inconvenient. And one of the, the speeds that people drive at these days, they don't want a blowout to happen either, you know. No, that's true. With uh, cars, uh, we tend to uh, be able to drive them much longer. Uh, you know, most cars now are capable of going 300,000 miles as long as they're... Uh, you know, kept up and serviced properly. Can we and, stop you know, for a moment that, and check the news and find sure. out what's going on in the world? Well, that's exactly Absolutely. what we're going to do with Dean Bailey of King's Auto. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm turning to Corey Wednesday night. It's uh, June 
24th. Uh, let me re- remind you that we'll be here tomorrow night and that Austin uh, uh, Maddox of uh, Maddox Coins and Stamps will be our guest. And we'll talk about Coins and Stamps. And Friday night will be Trivia Night. Coming up next week, uh, uh, on uh, Tuesday night next week, Rod Gonski, uh, our residential meteorologist will be here to talk about the, the hurricane season and the weather in general and uh, uh, we uh, look forward to his coming and we'll have a full schedule of programs uh, and you can beginning next Monday start looking in the uh, on the WPTF website and uh, under my name as host we'll post uh, the the names of the people who will be on on particular nights. Tonight uh, one of our old friends and longtime guests, uh, we call him one of the nighttime mechanics, Dean Bailey of, of uh, King's Auto. Uh, and again, I, I should give you the address at 1039 Northwest Street, which is downtown. I, I usually get there uh, off of Peace Street, uh, uh, although you can you can get there from, uh, what is it, Wade Avenue. Uh, isn't that right, Dean? You can't, just can't leave that way. You can come mm-hmm. that way, but you can't leave that way. Right. And uh, that's the thing that you have to remember. And we're talking about yeah. servicing in automobiles and doing things to maintain them. Uh, and uh, while the the rest of the world has not completely changed, well, some of the things about automobiles, I pointed out earlier that Mrs. Kearney and I don't use our cars as often now because we just don't get about as much as we used to. Changes in lifestyle mean that the automobile is not as used right. as often. But... Uh, that means that you need to to work out a different plan with your service person, I guess, and make sure that you uh, adjust your servicing needs along the way. One thing about tires, uh, Dean, uh, that I've always wanted to ask you, you you have the pressure indicated on the door jams, but that's usually right. for the tires, the, the standard that came on the car. If you've modified the wheels or the tires, you need to uh, to uh, choose a different pressure. Isn't that the case? Well, that's true. So you, uh, if you look on the sidewall of the tire, it has a maximum pressure on that sidewall. So you, you never want to go higher than that. And you have to remember, too, that uh, you don't want to be checking them when they're hot because uh, that is an artificial reading. So a tire may expand three pounds uh, when it's been driven and heats up. So you want to check your tires cold, uh, and what I mean by that is it's set for at least you know three or four hours. Uh, overnight's always better, and uh, because at night when it cools down the atmosphere, so does your tire pressure. So in the morning, cool time is uh, a best time to check that air pressure, and then fill it to what the door jam says if it's the same type of tire that came on the car. Uh, same spec, so to speak. Uh, for instance, a lot of people buy a, a pickup truck and then they start pulling a camper, and so they're going to put 10 ply tires on there. And maybe the old tires that came on the truck ran about uh, 36 to 38 pounds of pressure in them. You know, those 10 ply tires, which are a load rated type of tire, some of those take as much as 85 pounds, uh, for an example. And so uh, you need to really understand when you make changes like that how to maintain that tire pressure and uh, 
that that's pretty critical because if you run those tires too low in pressure, they will have a problem and could uh, cause uh, them to fail. Um, but you know, in general, uh, most standard car tires switching from one brand to another, but they're the same specification or size, then the door jam pressure is uh, going to be what you need to run them at. And that's a good, uh, you know, guidepost to, to what to keep them at. You know, that's something the average person can still do is uh, a lot of times the convenience stores have these little pumps outside. I recommend you have your own air gauge and keep it in the car with you and not so much trust those gauges at the station that are built into those pumps because they, they may not be as accurate. And they get banged around a lot, too. They do. They do. And um, that is, uh, during the summer, and even in the winter, but mainly in the summer, it's very important is for those tires to maintain pressure and not get heated up and cause a blowout. That that can be, you know, an uh, accident. When you get those readings in the morning uh, that, you, you know, uh, you were describing the, the little device that... Uh, on your mm-hmm. on your dashboard, it indicates that you know your tires are low. Right. I, I came out one morning and I, all four of mine were low, but it, it was a temperature change is what had done it. it sure, and it sure. snapped off cold during the night. But uh, uh, right, and so what happened with that is that they were at the low end of the scale of where they should be, and you know tires naturally leak a little air over time, and so when it got to the low end of that scale. And then overnight, the temperature drops, and that light would come on. Uh, some cases I hear where people drive them, and then later that day, the light goes back out. Well, that's because the tires have been driven, and the pressure moved up three pounds, and that's all it needed to get that light back off. So what that tells you is they need to be brought up to maximum pressure. Well, one of the things that it seems to me that has happened, and I've read some articles about this, it is that um, that the, the cars of our day are so much better than the cars used to be, that, and along with the computers that, that help run them and compensate for things that, that have changed, that sometimes we just forget to have them serviced routinely, and, and all kinds of pro- problems develop that we may not be aware of. Yeah, that's true. You know, they, uh, a lot of people brag about the good old days and how good those cars drove. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, um, cars drive so much better now than they ever have. And as you know, uh, some cars can even drive themselves now. <laughs> a lot of people aren't in favor of that. But, uh, you know, we're really headed that way. Uh, I was, just before the show, I was looking at uh, an article about uh, Ford's Mach E Mustang that's coming out 2021, and um, it's a fully electric car, and that's uh, Ford's competition uh, that they're going to have with Tesla, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see that car um, coming out. But you know, even electric cars and hybrid cars still need maintenance, like brakes, and a uh, fully electric car obviously won't need an oil change. But you still have brake pads and tires and uh, other things on it that are going to need to have attention. So um, we're kind of looking forward to that 
uh, era coming around. We've been working on um, hybrid cars for quite some time now, and uh, you know they're very very interesting and uh, fuel efficient, and I think it's just going to get better from here. Uh, there's still a lot. Uh, my observation would be there's still a lot of the car that's mechanical, despite the fact that it, a good bit of it has become electrified. And that is, sure, like you said, the brake correct. pads and the brakes and those wheels turn mm-hmm. around on on some kind of bearings, even to this day. Right. Yeah. A lot of those are the same that they have always been. And you know, one of the differences, uh, like electric power steering. Uh, a lot of cars, even that aren't hybrid or electric, are using electric steering racks now to assist the steering rather than a uh, power steering pump with hydraulic pressure. So uh, there's a lot of uh, neat neat things on cars now. And yeah. the steering uh, really nice. I read an article about that. In fact, I think I talked to you about it uh, three or four years ago when where that more... Uh, isn't that kind of something they call fly-by-wire kind of thing? Uh, where uh, Sure, sure. They uh, call it drive-by-wire. Drive-by-wire, uh, okay. Yep, and steer-by-wire. And uh, a lot of people don't know it now, but there's no more accelerator cab- cable on the car where your foot is on the pedal, and it's actually pulling a cable that opens the throttle. That's all electronic now, so it's just... Uh, Signals going from uh, one sensor to another to uh, accelerate or decelerate, and um, <laughs> it's uh, very efficient. And so, having that, they can still do cruise control, but they need one less component to do that, right? And so, and I even read that one company, uh, it was one of the Japanese makers, had to build in some redundancy into the foot pedal. So that it would feel more like uh, the old pedal, right? Mm-hmm. And just put, people uh, had gotten used to the feeling of of the mechanical thing with the with the the line that went to the uh, well, right. Guess, yeah, they, they put some extra springs and stuff in there to make it feel like you're actually pushing with some effort on it, and um, you know that kind of uh, helps you. Uh, that muscle memory kind of thing, <laughs> because they these cars can really take off and accelerate so much better than uh, cars in the past. So, well, this you know, connects up with something you said earlier, and I think one of the things that I think I think helps me with my automobiles over the years, and I started off with a, my father never had a good car in his life, and he didn't spend a lot of time keeping them up, so I always swore that when I grew up, mine were going to work. But it was to learn to have a feel for the automobile and listen for the different sounds and when sure. it's responding one way or another and those kinds of things so that uh, when you go to the mechanic or the service rider, you can tell him what what the problem is or at least what it feels like. Right, exactly. And, you know, the person that drives their car every day can tell better uh, than someone else that something's changed. And, uh, you know, you shouldn't ignore that because your gut, is usually right, and uh, you know, uh, right now it's a little more difficult than it has been. But we usually like to to go on a test drive with the customer because when they hear sounds or noises, you know, we may get in a car and hear five different noises, and they might say, "Oh no, they've always been here." It's another one that I'm hearing that's unusual, and so 
trying to identify that is very important because uh, we might be trying to track down one that's not a concern or a safety issue. Well, that's the. I remember one time my vet told me I was telling him what came out of my dog's rear end. I don't mean to be gross, but he said, "No, that that's good for you to know that because you are with him all the time, and that's the only way we can find out what's going on. And that is, right. if you're around somebody who's with the animal or the automobile or the truck or whatever mm-hmm. it is all the time, you have something to report to a person who's, right. who's, who's just incidental. Let's let's take another break, and then we'll have the last quarter of the program, and. If there's any particular problem or any particular thing that you'd like to address in dealing with with customers about their automobiles, be they uh, the classic uh, uh, internal combustion kind of engine or the electric, uh, uh, we'll, we'll give you a shot at that right after we take this break. Dean Bailey of King's Auto is our guest. number 680 and the FM number and now it's 88 I'll get it right 98.5 and uh, Tom Kearney here with the Tom Kearney show we're here every night Monday through Friday from 9 until 10 with live and in real time radio and uh, one of our guests over the years just about once a month usually has been Dean Bailey or his alternate uh, Bobby Dunn of uh, Triangle Car Care but Dean is with uh, King's Auto and uh, I'm proud to say that's where I take my car so I can recommend those gentleman without reservation and uh, when when he comes we talk about automobiles and automobile problems and tonight we've been talking about servicing automobiles and trying to keep them in the best shape to to keep them going uh, uh dean one of the things that that i've heard you say tonight is that uh, you've dealt a lot with electric or hybrid automobiles now and i presume that if i came to you and said well, should i buy one you would you would you could approve of that uh, yes, indeed. You know, there's a lot of good choices out there today, and there's more uh, better under construction. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's going to be good for uh, electric cars, total electric cars, as well as what we call plug-in hybrids, is Electrify America has uh, been constructing um, about 20 months now, and that money came from the... Uh, a Volkswagen lawsuit where uh, they had violated some emissions concerns and were fined. And so uh, what has happened is that money that they were fined has been used to build this circuit of charging stations across the United States. And uh, they call it Electrify America. And, uh, you know, that makes it convenient if you have that type of car these stations are about every 70 miles uh, apart so that, uh, you know, you have plenty of places to plug in and uh, recharge as needed. Uh, you know, one thing that has been talked about in the past was uh, more range out of the cars uh, so that you could travel a long distance without having to stop and charge. But you know, a new emphasis now is on not so much the range is, uh, but how fast can you charge that battery, recharge it. So uh, that's where the manufacturers are focusing now, and the battery technology is getting better where uh, you could charge the batteries quicker without damaging them and get you uh, to your destination. And uh, it's been real interesting to see that that money 
I think has been used uh, in a very good uh, fashion. And uh, it's about 2,700-mile uh, corridor through 11 states where this Electrify uh, America has set up these stations. Interesting, because uh, I had not heard about that. And I, I think what I've sort of heard in advertisements or picked up in odd reading is that uh, rather than the range, they're talking about uh, uh, speed now, you know, the kind of thing, you know, right. like so, so, so much. And also the kind of thing that you would put in a truck that would pull a lot of weight, in, that kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing they're talking about is building a uh, corridor called the Electric Highway. And the intention is, uh, and they've started this out in California, is to be able to have semis or large trucks uh, to be able to charge at different stations. Obviously, out there, because of the smog, when you use semis and they're not uh, propelled by diesels or gas or things like that, uh, you have less uh, emissions output. And those trucks, uh, can pull quite a load and go a pretty good distance. And you just have to keep in mind that electric motorification has been used for years. The diesel trains you see on the track, the diesel engines don't turn the wheels. They charge and create electricity to move the motors that pull them up and down the track. So it is quite efficient. There's a lot of technology that has already gone into that, and I I was glad that I, I was I was glad because it, it was my opinion too, and I always like to find out my my opinion is confirmed, and and that is that uh, there was a lot of battery technology going into this. That's 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 got to yeah. happen for it, the other stuff to work. Uh, uh, are the, right. the car manufacturers doing the battery technology, or is it somebody like Excite or somebody like that that's doing? Well, there are a lot of players out there right now doing research and development on it. I know that Tesla just bought a Canadian battery company, and uh, Tesla's goal is to have what they call a million-mile battery. And what that means is that you would get a million miles worth of cycle out of the battery before it would have to be replaced. And... Um, you know, their batteries really do a good job of uh, maintaining and not failing. Uh, you're going to hear some from time to time that have issues, but overall, uh, they do very well. Well, you've done a good job tonight because you tied it all up in a nice, neat package for us here. <laughs> if you uh, well, want to avail, your, ladies and gentlemen, your, yourself of Dean Bailey's services and... Uh, and go visit King's Auto. It's at 1039 Northwest Street near downtown Raleigh, and they have a website. It's uh, kingsauto.com, I believe. Isn't that right, Dean? King's Auto, King, sir, uh, well, uh, I can't remember. We just changed it. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I asked, but I'll tell you what What I did. is I just Google Googled, it, it'll I Googled come up. it is what I did and go to that place and, and I noticed that the old phone number I've had for 20 years still works, too. But uh, yeah. thank you so much for being with us tonight. Yes, yeah, thank you for having me.